The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Nobody does Radio Row like NBC Sports Radio. Exclusive broadcast continues with more live coverage from Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Can't beat that. Now, here's Florio. All right, it's a Thursday edition of Pro Football Talk Live in Miami. Three days away from Super Bowl 54, Chris Sims, Mike Florio. Four hours live on NBCSN. Two more hours live on NBC Sports Radio. Hello to our friends in the U.K. and in Ireland enjoying the program on Sky Sports. And let me apologize to our friends in the U.K. and in Ireland. We're four hours live on NBCSN. I don't know that you're getting all four hours on Sky Sports. I can't vouch for that. I got some angry emails from people yesterday saying, where's our four hours? We only got two. I have no control over that. Yeah, that's not our department. We're not paid enough money to make those decisions. But, yeah, if you're not getting the full four hours on a day like today, they're going to miss some fun interviews with some big-time stars. And here's the key to the folks who would like to see all four hours on Sky Sports in the U.K. and in Ireland. The full show. Everything, all interviews, all segments available, NBCSports.com, our YouTube channel, and at ProFootballTalk.com, we are posting content from the interviews and putting the full clips on PFT. So you can find it. Just It's not as easy as just turning up Sky Sports and sitting there and watching, but you, you put in a little elbow grease, you'll find everything that you'll want to see, and there'll be plenty to see and hear today. We've got a great list of guests again. Let me just give you the quick rundown of who we're going to be talking to today. We've got the likes of Work Done coming up. Sean Payton an hour from now, the Saints head coach. Aaron Donald, two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Rams defensive tackle also will be joining us. Derrick Henry, the unstoppable Derrick Henry. I'm going to get him to stiff arm you oh, at some point I during the segment. I actually think I would take it. I think I'll volunteer for him to stiff arm me. Tua Tonga-Vailoa coming up in an hour Lefty or so. QB. Emmett Smith, Hall of Famer will be here. Chris Long Long, former NFL defensive end. Phil Sims, the Whoa. big fella, is going to be here live and in the flesh, baby. Christian McCaffrey, Jarvis Landry, and Juju Smith-Schuster over the course Man, of the next what a day. four hours. What a day Holy it will cow. be. All right, before we get to talking about the Super Bowl, talking more about our guests, we need to talk about Roger Goodell yesterday. Yeah, right. And look, a few years ago, a couple of things happened with the 
annual commissioner press conference at the Super Bowl. And he speaks to reporters five, six times a year. But he always does it Super Bowl week. It used to be Friday. Yeah. And by Friday, the crowd was a lot bigger. The anticipation of what he was going to say was a lot greater. A few years ago, they decided, you know what? Let's move it from Friday to Wednesday. And it now has far less significance than it used to have. Well, why? Why do you think they moved it? What, what is the reasoning for it? Because you're right. They I wanted to, actually... to have far less significance than it used to have. Wow. I just don't understand. I'm shocked by that. It, it, it always struck me as something that they, like, were afraid of and they were braced for it and they don't know what the questions are going to be. Right. And how is the commissioner going to respond? And, and look, they, we're at the media center. The commissioner's press conference was in a different location entirely, like 15 minutes I know there was away. a people that were not happy about that. And a lot of people just didn't go. Yeah. The room, I'm told, was half full, right? And and one of my writers suggested that Roger was speaking a little bit more slowly to reduce the total number of questions he'd have to answer. But, I look, I, I don't know that there's any truth to that. I didn't see any of it yesterday. We had a lot of things going on. We're going to talk about some of the things he discussed. Yep. But they've always viewed it, I believe, as kind of a combative situation where – the media is going to come after him right. and ask him tough questions, and they're trying to navigate the tough questions and maybe have a few softballs peppered in and, and, and have an agenda that he wants to address in answering these questions, topics he wants to specifically get to sure. and other topics that he hopes to avoid. And there's politics that go into who's getting the microphone, and they know who to give microphones to. Right. They know who's going to ask, ask what questions, questions they want and they and fear all that. that someone's going to ask a question that they don't want on the table. But sure. some of the things that were discussed— and. You know, one of the players who is good enough to be in a Super Bowl if he was on the right team, and maybe the Browns will be the right team at some point, Miles Garrett, the first overall pick in the 2017 draft. Roger Goodell mentioned that there will be a meeting between Miles Garrett and Roger Goodell early in the offseason to determine when, how, if Garrett will be reinstated. We had forgotten all about him. I know. That moment, that most troubling moment we've ever seen during a game where a helmet is removed and actually used as a weapon against another player. Garrett's still suspended, but a meeting coming fairly soon to determine what his status will no, be. No, you're right. It's kind of got lost in the shuffle just within the season, everything like that, but uh, this will be yeah, remembered as one of the more gruesome events in the history of the NFL, certainly. I mean, it just didn't look good. And, you know, what What was it? What week was that game, Mike? Pittsburgh-Cleveland. I mean, about halfway November, through the year. Thursday in November. Yeah, right. So so, you know, again, do you think he deserves to be reinstated at this point? Do you think this is something that should go into the to the next season? You know, again, I know, like, this is not a bad guy, Miles Garrett. I get that. He's got a little bit of a reputation for late hits on quarterbacks. All right. But that, to me, again, was like one of the most egregious things we've ever seen in the history of the sport. And I'm going to say I also don't love the way he handled it after that. I don't. But, uh you know, here's, again, here's I want to see a talented guy get right. back on the field who I do think his heart is in a good place. I guess that's what I wanted to say. I'm not in a position to assess whether or not he deserves to be put back on the field because what the NFL needs to decide through the course of talking to him and otherwise getting to the bottom of what caused it in the first place, are you confident that whatever fuse blew for Miles Garrett yes. during that game in that fateful moment right. will not blow again? Because, look, there's a liability component to all yeah. of this. And the NFL is worried about liability to players, and it should be. If you put a guy back on the field that you know or should know has the propensity to remove someone's helmet and use it against them as a weapon, and the next time around 
the guy is actually seriously injured. They got very lucky. Really Mason lucky. Rudolph was not seriously injured oh. or worse by that blow to the head with a helmet. I, it's actually amazing. Helmet. It's actually amazing that his head didn't just split, at least split open in some degree and, and blood started flying out. Enjoy your breakfast. Know. Yeah, thank you. And Good yes. morning. Eggs well, and ketchup. Sky Sports, for everyone. This, is, this is later in the day. Yeah, that so doesn't make okay. it any better. Oh, okay. Darn but, it. but the point is this <laughs> you have to dot every I and cross every T before you let Miles Garrett back on the field. So yes. there will be pages and pages of assessments of Miles Garrett. Is this guy someone who is a risk to do it again? Because if you put him back on the field and he does it again, the argument's going to be, you well, knew he could have done it yeah. because he's already done it. You're right. Or you blew the evaluation of the human being and where he's at mentally and the, and the, and the fact that he might do it. You're right. That would be huge repercussions for the NFL. No one has happened. ever done what he did specifically. Yes. We've seen guys swing helmets, right. but we've never seen someone actually make contact with that helmet. And you need to be sure he will never do it again, no matter what the stress is, no matter what the frustration is, no matter what is said or not said. You need to be 100% sure he's not going to do it again. And you ultimately need to be able to sell to a jury, if it comes to it, that you did everything in your power to conclude that he wasn't going to do it again. But the problem is, if he does it again, that that proves that you failed. Well, you, yes, because you the failed. mere fact that he does it again, hey, you failed to determine that there may be a chance he does it again. And that, that's why and we go back to this whole concept of it's a privilege to play in the NFL. If it is a privilege, right. And that's why I said initially yeah. he may have forfeited his privilege forever because sure. you can't put a guy back on the field who's done what he did. Right. Well, I'll, yes, I, you're right. All right. There's a few not things. That, not that that's the outcome. No, At I know. At some point, they're going to let him back on the field. You're right. But they need to protect themselves before they do. Right. I mean, again, there's a few things. Where, you know, one, yeah, that the whole thing was bad. I don't like the way he handled himself after it either. I don't. I don't. I like some of the accusations that flew there. And I don't know whether they're true or not, but they didn't. The, 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 the argument didn't match up to me. Okay. But two, I don't think this is a guy with like real malice in his life. You know, this is a guy that, what, earlier in this year had a fan punch him in the face in the car, right? And he did nothing. You know, so, uh, and then the other thing I would throw into this, you know, Miles Garrett, uh, again, I'm all for, I, I think he's paid his, his paid the time. He did the time for the crime, right? I think, I think you should reinstate him at some point. I that. I know. You just have to be sure he's not going to do it again. I get you. I know that. And I'm just saying, I'm just trying to say, just give a little perspective of the player too. You know, this is a guy that's had no off-field issues, you know, had a few late hits with the quarterbacks that we mentioned earlier or earlier in the season, and I just mentioned it earlier in the show. But, I mean, Miles Garrett's got to know, if something like this happens one more time, he's going to be done forever in football. He'll be done. He'll be banned for life. If anything remotely close happens to what he did there. So, hopefully... That rings true to Miles Garrett. I want to see him back on the field first off. You know, hey, listen, the Cleveland Browns got talent. He's one of the better defensive players in the all of football. Um, but I hope he learned his lesson. And, yeah, you're right. The NFL has to be careful about when they throw him out there again. Miles Garrett is more likely to be back on the field than Antonio Brown. And Brown's still in this weird kind of unpaid suspension, even though the league hasn't taken any action against him. There's enough of a cloud that it has scared teams away. So Roger Goodell addressed Antonio Brown's situation. And Goodell said that the issue is more about helping Antonio Brown at this point than figuring out what discipline should be imposed based upon that lawsuit, that civil lawsuit for sexual assault and rape that was filed back in September that led to this situation he's now in where no one will touch him until that investigation is resolved. There have been other incidents since then, most recently, the thing from last week where he ultimately was arrested for 
burglary with battery in an incident over a driver of a moving truck that yes. he didn't want to pay and they tried to get the property out of the truck and he he was in jail overnight and and he still has to deal with that now and that becomes a separate issue that he could be suspended disciplined otherwise for by the NFL the goal is to get him back on track and it's obvious he needs some sort of help Definitely. he needs to want it and part of the arrest uh, and the bail condition is he's required to have a mental health evaluation. Yep. We've heard from multiple people close to him. Drew Rosenhaus, for example, his former agent who has fired Antonio Brown, wants to see him get the counseling he needs. There have, has been too much erratic behavior. And as, as it stands right now, he's not fit to be in the NFL. Definitely There's not. a long road for him to get back. And the problem is when you look at his age, when you look at his history. That's right. And, and, and you know, how do you get yourself comfortable as a team yeah. that this guy's okay? I don't know that you can get there. No, I don't know. It, it, it's going to take time at this point and unfortunately for a guy like Antonio Brown he's at that point of his career like you said with the age where it's going to start to fall off fast you know yeah you know you know this year would we have still said Antonio Brown was one of the five best wide receivers in football certainly but you know when you hit to start to hit that early 30s 31 32 and one and also you're not a big wide receiver you know, yeah, you're going to lose speed, explosiveness, quickness. Those things are going to start to fall off. And then, yes, you know, people might have been willing to take a chance if, if they think you're one of the three or five best receivers in football. But when you have this laundry list of problems and mental instabilities like that, and now you're getting up there in age and not one of the three or five best of your position, I, you know, I just have a hard time thinking that any NFL team would even – dangle an opportunity in front of Antonio Brown right now. Antonio Brown has no chance of being signed by a team, I think, this spring or this offseason. Maybe if he does enough good and gets in a good place to where training camp comes around, then maybe a team might look at him, bring him in. They're going to want to spend some time with him, pick his brain, see where he's at, and maybe he gets another chance to play. And on top of everything else, you want to know what kind of punishment the NFL eventually will impose on him for these various incidents. Yes. You've got the sexual assault investigation that is still pending. You've got the incident that happened recently with the the driver of the moving truck and the, the alleged battery of him. That's a separate incident where there right. could be an additional discipline. There were other things that happened in between. There was a report from Sports Illustrated, someone else who had an issue with Antonio Brown, and then there was harassment potentially of that person. Yep. So, look, there may be a lengthy unpaid suspension that is still served by Antonio Brown, but as of right now, I just don't think the risk – uh, justifies the reward, the yeah, reward. I'm because with I don't know what the reward's going to be. No, I don't know either. You're right. The reward could be, yeah, 1,200 yards receiving and 15 touchdowns, but it also could be, you know, 20 yards and no touchdowns, and he uh, brings down your whole locker room with craziness. So that that's the that's the risk, and nobody wants to deal with that. The last time we saw Antonio Brown play, he was a member of the New England Patriots for that one game against the Dolphins yeah. here in Miami back in Week Two of the 2019 season. The Patriots are still the subject of an investigation from. I thought this December. was over. I, well, thought that, I didn't realize this was still ongoing. There's never been an announcement of discipline. And, and what the, the NFL has tried to do is explore very thoroughly and completely whether or not there's any connection between the folks who are at that Browns-Bengals game recording illegally the Bengals' sideline activities and the team's football operations. Yeah. The Patriots' position has been there's no connection, but you need to go completely down the rabbit hole yeah, they to do. ensure there's no connection. And even then... And the last we heard, there's no connection. Yeah. Even then, what's the punishment? And that's the challenge here because if it truly was just some fluke thing that happened, there was no advantage that was ever going to be gained. I don't know how you compare the Patriots situation to other incidents where there clearly was an advantage they were trying to gain. The fake crowd noise in Atlanta. Ray Farmer, the former Browns GM, texting the sideline during games. Deliberate violations of game day rules aimed at securing an advantage. Right. 
There was no attempt to secure an advantage here. It was just a couple of idiots yes. doing something they idiots. didn't realize they shouldn't have done with no pathway back to the Patriots football operations to no. secure an advantage. Yeah, I, I know. And, you know, again, I, when I first saw this, I was like, man, this almost seems like piling on the New England Patriots at this point. But then I, you know, tried to be irrational, and I went, you know what? No, this is the premier franchise in the league. They got to give this the optics that they're doing a thorough investigation with this type of subject because, you know, hey, they are the standard, and we know that. And they've been the champions of the league for the last two decades, and you don't want to make that team – you know, look like they're getting a free pass or that there's anything more there at hand. So uh, I understand the NFL's uh, take on this one. All right, quick break. When we return, it's an important day for the NFL and the NFL Players Association as it relates to the structure of the season, 17 games. I talked Uh about earlier on radio. Sims and I are going to discuss this concept of whether or not the players should draw a line in the sand on 16, no pun intended, on 16 games in the regular season. We'll talk about that next on PFT. I'd like to be in that. And we're back. Getting geared up for a Chiefs Niners showdown this Sunday. We're breaking it down, then putting it all back together. Now, back to Pro Football Talk Live. Here's Mike Florio. Richard Sherman, 49ers cornerback, is a member of the NFL Players Association Executive Committee. And today is an important day for the NFL and the NFLPA because there is a proposal on the table that the union is taking to its leadership with the possibility that there will be a recommendation for the rank and file to accept a proposal premised on a 17-game regular season. That's the key point in these negotiations. And the union has been negotiating Based upon 17 games, the question is, will the NFL give the union enough to agree to 17 games? I mention all that by way of background because there's been some pushback in recent days regarding the possibility of a 17-game season. And we'll let you hear from Richard Sherman speaking to reporters yesterday on the topic of a 17-game regular season. Here's Richard Sherman. Players have been more more aware of player safety and longevity and just life after football. Um, the league you know, kind of pretends that they're interested in it, pretends that they care about it, you know, makes all these rules, finds all these players, but then still proposes to players to play an extra game and not just 17. They're really, they're really just saying 17 so that they can get to 18. And so that's two more opportunities for players to risk their bodies, to put their bodies on the line. And that's, that's what's so ridiculous about it. And nobody calls them out. Nobody calls out the hypocrisy. And I'm, I'm hoping that one day, you know, people will be brave enough to call out the hypocrisy of saying, hey, we really care about player safety, but hey, we also want you to play an extra game, put your body on the line and risk, risk your career. Hey, look, I got a ton of respect for Richard Sherman as a player, but when he says things like that, it makes my blood boil. Well, it because makes me too. We've been talking for years about the disconnect between playing more football and preserving and enhancing player health and safety. Of course it's hypocritical. Yeah. It's obviously we, I don't, don't act like we don't have the courage to talk about it. I know. We talk about it. They, don't shame us. Here's the problem. Yeah. I'm getting mad. Yeah, go ahead. I like it. Here's go ahead. the problem. Get them. The union is negotiating based on 17 games. Right. That ship has sailed. Right. How are we supposed to take up the fight about the hypocrisy of playing 17 games right. when they're negotiating based on yeah. 17 games? If you guys don't want to play 17 games, you tell the NFL, stick it where the sun don't shine. It's 16 and that's it. And if you want to lock us out over it, lock us out over it. Then you'll have us even waving that flag harder of hypocrisy. But how can you say we don't have the courage to call out the hypocrisy yeah. 
when you are negotiating based on 17 games. Yeah, that's uh, that's the frustrating part. Well said. I mean, you got it. You good? You feel good? You feel better now? I feel pretty good. Right, good. Yeah, that was therapeutic, tough. I think. Yeah, you should. You should. I'm here. I got your back. Okay. I don't need your back. Okay, fine. I think you do. But I either do. way, <laughs> either way, I'm, I'm with you. First off, uh, it bothered me when I saw those comments too yesterday. I did because I wanted to be like, man, you know, first off, you just can't make blanket statements like I wish somebody would out there would be courageous and brave enough to stand up about the hip hop. Like what? Like, I don't know. I know he probably doesn't like you because you get in Twitter wars with him every now and then. Yeah, God but, forbid I should but, state very real and accurate assessments about the foolishness of players representing themselves against billionaires. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Screw me let's for being... Let's not go there for, right now. Right, but, but that's, that's why he doesn't like I, me. Well, I know. But, and, and also within that, I mean, gosh, my, Mike, I, I'm dead serious here. I don't know a guy on TV that's more pro, pro player than you are. I mean, you really are. You're, you're all about it. And I know both of us have had this a lot. Like, how can the NFL talk about player safety and want to add more, add more than, you know, add another game to the schedule? I, I get it. I'm with you, Richard. We're, we've been pounding the table there. But you're right. He, no, don't yell at the camera and talk to the media. Go back to the NFLPA and go, wait, what are we doing here? This is bullcrap. I mean, that's really what it is. He's got to talk to NFLPA representatives on the teams and start to say, what are we doing? What are we negotiating? Because, yeah, we are starting to hear players go, oh, I can't do 17 games. We've had a few guys this week say that, that they don't want to do it. So I don't understand that either. Now, where I will say I agree with them is I do agree with them on the fact that this is a setup. It's really to get to 18 Oh, games. absolutely. There's no doubt. Absolutely. This is just a little stepping stone. But then th- 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 say we're not going to 17. I mean, yeah. don't say we don't have the courage to call out the hypocrisy. Hey, hey, Richard, have the courage to stand up to the league and say, we're not playing 17. Forget it. It's 16. And if you don't like it, lock us out. That's the weapon that the league has. But here's the problem. And this is the fundamental flaw in the current labor management relationship between NFL and NFLPA. When push comes to shove, the players are not going to take a work stoppage. They're not going to take a lockout. They're not going to strike. They don't want to give up game checks. They don't want to not play football. And they don't have an alternative to the owners saying, fine, you go on strike, we'll just get replacement players. They, they, so it's an uneven playing field, yeah. and they have to accept the 17 games. But but don't act like we're, we're the problem. We're not the problem. No. You're negotiating 17 games. That's right. That's the problem. Yeah. And if you don't want 17 games, then, then say, we're going to tear up the proposals and we're going back to 16 and let's stay at 16. And I'd be fine with that if they do it. I am too. I'm totally. Back. Football fever continues right now on NBC Sports Radio. You're reporting live from Radio Row at Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, back to your host, Mike Mike Florio. Thursday edition of Pro Football Talk Live. We have plenty of guests coming up. Work done in about 15 minutes. Before that, though, let's play a little game. We got a little would you rather. We did we did some of our games last night at the live. You're going to have to read this out because I have an update that's I couldn't stop on this computer through NBC, so I have nothing Sure, I'm sure I'm sure it's NBC's fault and not your fault based upon your browsing habits. I'm sure that has nothing to do with it. The well, things you've ordered, the sites you visited. I'm sure that has nothing to do with already, I'm sure that has not? nothing to do with why your computer is suddenly <laughs> offline. I'm not going to deny it. Not going <laughs> to deny it. Go with a little <laughs> would you rather. If you're Alex Smith, 
Would you rather watch the team that replaced you with Colin Kaepernick win the Super Bowl, or would you rather watch the team that replaced you with Patrick Mahomes win the Super Bowl? Oh, that's a good question. Good one, Stats. I like that. I think I would rather see the one, uh, the Patrick Mahomes being replaced. I feel like he was treated with a little bit more respect and dignity with Kansas City, right? And, and there's yeah, no one left in San Francisco. There's no one left there. Exactly right. He doesn't know this regime or anything like that. So uh, I would think that would be easier to swallow. And the fact that you're seeing Patrick Mahomes and you just that's an undeniable talent to where you could swallow that a little bit more and just go hey that guy's better than me like I understand them going with him yeah I mean Jim Harbaugh did not hesitate to supplant Alex Smith with Colin Kaepernick right concussion during the 2012 season yep. Kaepernick in and that was that, that was it and there was no looking back the Chiefs gave Alex Smith all of the 2017 season he embraced that role he helped teach Patrick Mahomes I think there's some ownership of Alex Smith sure. by this and let me tell you something I do not put it past the Chiefs to give Alex Smith a Super Bowl run. Oh, I hear you. If they win. I because hear you. Didn't the Eagles do that with yeah, John Dornbos, uh, yeah, the long right. snapper who was no longer there? They did. It will not surprise me if Alex Smith gets a Super Bowl ring from the Chiefs if they win it all. Uh, you're right. I wouldn't be surprised to see that either. Andy Reid's that kind of guy, classy that way. Um, yeah, that, that would be awesome. And there'd be no reason for the 49ers to give him one. No reason. No, 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 no. You're right. There's, there's nothing. To, it has nothing to do with this team. The time has been, the gap has been too big. There's no, there's no relevance anymore. All right. If you're Dan Quinn, the Falcons head coach, yeah. would you rather see your friend Kyle Shanahan win his first Super Bowl, or would you rather see the offensive coordinator that blew a 28 to three lead in your shot at a Super Bowl win lose another Super Bowl? Same guy. Yes. Different. Different yes. context. I think he'd probably want to see him lose. Okay. Yeah, I do. You know, like I'm sure there's some like, hey, I, you know, professional respect and all those things. But, you know, I think Kyle winning takes a little – if Kyle wins, it takes a little luster off of what Dan Quinn's done. And really they've never been as good since Kyle left, right? So uh, I think it, it, uh, a Shanahan Super Bowl victory kind of – uh, what do I want to say, vindicates that he was really one of the stronger things in that organization at that time and was the big reason they were in that Super Bowl and even up 28-3. to three. So I would expect the, the – I would take the lose one there. What See, do you think? Well, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply a different twist to yeah. From the standpoint of trying to convince the Falcons that they can be right back in this game as soon as next year – I'd like to see the 49ers win it because then Dan Quinn can say to his guys, we went there and beat them. Only three teams beat them all year long. We went to Santa Clara and we beat them on their own field in a game that they needed to win. We need to believe point, that we are good enough to be right back at the top of the NFL that, next that's year. That's a good that San point. San Francisco winning it right. gives that even more credibility. That, that, you're right. It does. That'll give a team confidence in the offseason. The core of players that you bring back can sit there and go, listen, we beat the Super Bowl champs on their on their field. We're not that far off. That's uh, That's valid. All right, next, would you rather, if you're a Super Bowl MVP voter, would you rather vote for an undeserving player from the winning team or vote for a deserving candidate from the losing team? And this is an appropriate question because I think if the 49ers win, there's a chance Patrick Mahomes will be the MVP, the first MVP from a losing Super Bowl team since Chuck Howley in Super Bowl V. Well, yeah, let's lay out the scenario, right? Because I know we talked about this in our podcast in front of people last night at the Playwright Irish Pub, right? Like It would have to be like a 41-38 kind of game, right? High scoring. The 49ers stats are spread out evenly, right? Through guys, right? Where it's running back by committee. Everybody does well there. George Kittle has a good 
good day. Garoppolo has a good day, but nobody blows us out of the out of the you know out of the room. And then Mahomes loses, but throws for 500 yards and five touchdowns and makes all these magical plays. Yes, that would be it. So you're asking me, would I rather? You if you know, if you're casting the ballot, is it more satisfying to 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 say if it's close, right? Yeah. You're, you're picking a guy yeah. whose numbers aren't great, but he's from the winning team. Would you rather do that because you're going to go with a winner? Or would you rather say, here's a guy who's had a better game than anyone else on the field, but his team's going to lose, but he's still the MVP? See, I think a lot of the voters have enough of a contrarian streak that they could be tempted. They could do it. If the 49ers yeah. win, but there isn't one person who really stands out the way Mahomes will stand out, vote for Mahomes to be the MVP from the losing yeah, team. Yeah, I think I would still rather vote for the MVP of the winning team. I do, I think. And it would be tough, I, you know, especially with the scenario we just tried to explain and do all that. I'll just say one, there was one Super Bowl that I was at and that I witnessed, uh, and this was the toughest call I ever saw. It was the Super Bowl 25, right? The Buffalo Bills versus the New York Giants. Thurman Thomas had a phenomenal game. He was the best player on the field. But the Giants pulled off an upset, and they pulled off the upset because of O.J. Anderson and his ability maybe not to be as sexy as Thurman Thomas, but to pound for four, pound for five. Oh, a hole breaks open, and here comes the uppercut into, you know, what was that safety's name on the Buffalo Bills? He used to wear the shell on his helmet. Kelso. Mark Kelso. Way to go, Peter King. You the man. That's why he's Peter King. And But that, to me, he was the MVP of that game because he helped them win. So it's a tough one, but I'd rather go with the, the winning team. All right. If you're Mike Holmgren. What, did you, what would you do? You got to answer. Stop doing that to I, me. I, I, I have enough of a contrarian in me that I'm kind of <laughs> yeah, rooting for do. it. The 49ers <laughs> win. I want Patrick Holmes. I know to you did. I just, I like a little chaos. Yeah, yeah. I like, no. and that would be a little chaos. No, this just in. I like a lot of chaos. chaos. I like a lot of chaos. <laughs> Shut yes. up. All right. If you're Mike Holmgren, former head coach of the Packers, yeah. former head coach of the Seahawks, longtime assistant with the 49ers. Right. Would you rather see your old employee Andy Reid finally win a Super Bowl or see your old team the 49ers this one's easy it is win a Super Bowl. I want Reid yeah, yeah I mean 49ers have their trophies right Right. Andy Reid deserves his. If I'm Mike Holmgren, I want to see Andy Reid get his fingerprints on the Lombardi. Definitely, the, the the personal you know relationship there will be gratifying for Mike Holmgren. Also professionally, it's just another guy under his tree that's gone on to be really successful to where he can you know toot his own horn to go look. Hey, I got another guy that won a Super Bowl under my coaching tree. So yeah, that one was the easy one. It is an amazing when you think of the '92 Packers. What when you see that photo right. with John Gruden. And Mariucci, Steve Mariucci. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's crazy. Ray Rhodes. So many guys who became NFL head coaches on that staff in 1992. That was really the year the Packers began the process of reestablishing themselves. Right, right. All right, if you're the commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, would you rather have a Super Bowl with no controversy at all? Or would you rather have an obvious pass interference call get correctly reviewed and overturned? Oh, Mm. I still think you would rather have no controversy overall. You know, I mean, the, 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 the interference thing and get it correctly overturned would be a good look for what we've gone through this year. But I still think that's going to make people upset in certain areas. And again, the interference thing is one of those things where not everybody's always going to agree on it. So I'd rather go. I think he would rather have no controversy, even if it works perfectly, right. even if. And I think the way that I should have framed this is there's a an instance of pass interference that happens that isn't called on the field, but they use replay review to get it right. Even if it works perfectly, it's a reminder of what a cluster it's been all year. Yeah. I want no reminder of that. Let's just have a clean game with no controversy, no reminder of one of the most awkward procedures the NFL has put in place in decades. Yeah. Let's get through to the end of the season, 
come up with another way to deal with the worst-case scenario that played out in the Rams-Saints-NFC Championship game yep. last year and move on. I yep. think that's that's a no-brainer. Bye-bye. See you, Slugger. I'm, yep, I've had enough of that rule. All right, let's move on because we're going to save as much time as we can for Warwick Dunn. Warwick Dunn? the great running backs of his era with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the Falcons, and then back for one year. Look with at Bosa's he was, your, he was your teammate he was my teammate. for a little while Great guy. in Tampa Bay before. But that uh, is that real? Uh, that is if real. If you're watching on TV, that yeah. vein, that looks like a topographical map yeah. of the Rockies. <laughs> well, we'll be back with more PFT Live. <laughs> he's got right a mountain this. for a bison. Radio Road coverage from Super Bowl 54 in Miami. We are NBC Sports Radio. And this is Pro Football Talk Live. There he is, one of the great running backs of his era with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Atlanta Falcons, and then back for one last year with the Buccaneers where he crossed paths with my guy Chris Sims. I love having work done here because I want Chris Sims' stories. Even though you guys weren't teammates for a long time, I love my guess is just being around this guy for a, a couple of years, I know that it doesn't take long to have a bag full of great Chris Sims stories. Well, it's uh, I, I do have some stories, but, uh, you know, we, we're we buddies, so I'm not He can't gonna, share I'm, everything, <laughs> right. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. he knows. We he have knows. to keep things in a locker room yeah, sometimes. Right, that's what, right. That's what teammates do. In-house, in-house. <laughs> we, we were together for an off-season where I was still fighting through my spleen injury, too. Yeah, so yeah. I was really, like, part of the team, but I think some of the writing on the wall was that I was not going to be there much longer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did enjoy my time. I mean, this guy's a legend. And a legend not only on the field, but a legend as a human being in the NFL. This is one of the best human beings we've had in our league in the last 20 or 30 years. And I always that that always rings true no, to me. No, I appreciate You're that. I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I tell people I'm just a cool dude, right? I'm just a cool guy. You are. You're a cool and, dude. Yeah, I'm just real laid back. And uh, I just like, you know, what I do, the impact that I can make. And, you know, just trying to bring a lot of positivity to the world. Locker room guy. Like when people say, oh, he's a locker room guy. Like Warwick Dunn's a locker room guy. And, you know, everybody, he's the wise man in the locker room who approaches things Lead the right way. Lead by example. Right. right? I, you know, I just grew up leading by example. Do it, they will follow. Yep. So, you know, I tried to uh, help young guys. I tried to just help guys see things differently and really just teach them the game. Yeah. When they're around, but also teach them, you know, about life, you know, managing money and, and those things. So. Yeah. Well, it's great to have guys like that around because – so many of these guys, and the older I get, I realize more and more they are young. Yeah. And if I'd have been 21, 22, and all of a sudden I got more money than I could spend, I would try to spend all of it. Right. That's the first inclination. I've never had money. Yeah. I'm going to go spend it. And you think it's never going to end until it does end, and then you're left trying to figure out what do you do for the rest of your life. Well, I know. And I think I just tell them my story. You know, when I lost my mom at 18 years old. I have to manage everything with the family, raise my brothers and sisters. So I just grew up really uh, on a need basis. I spent money on things that we needed. And I think that helped me really just balance things off and not necessarily go and buy out the club and do all those things when you're right. playing, just having a great time. I thought about the future. Like, what type of lifestyle do I want to live the next 20, 30, 40 years? And if you can get guys to think about that, they can still enjoy life and live, but you can start saving money and just put money away because when you retire, you still, when you, I played 12 years, so when you retire, you have to figure out what am I going to do the rest of my life? Yeah, Everybody's right. not going to go into radio and right. TV and those things. You know, and that's not my passion. Yeah. So 
you know, I have to figure out what I want to do with my life. So do I want to work a nine to five or, or do I just want to be able to do things that I enjoy and still live a good life? Right. right? And you have to have Balance those that with the checkbook and everything you, else. You do. Yeah. But that's that's a process that starts when you're playing and not when you retire. Right. Trying to change that lifestyle. Right. So I, and I always try to live. Uh, like everyday individual, right? I don't need the big house, the fancy car. I don't need to have all the diamonds or whatever. And yeah. you know, I just want to live a good life and, and see uh, my family live a good life. Well, and one of the things you've done that not many players are in a position to do, acquiring a, a piece of the Atlanta Falcons, being an owner, part owner with Arthur Blank. Woo! You hey, big you know, money. I didn't know you that, had the big man, money listen, like that. I'm almost homeless, man. Right there. I'm almost homeless. <laughs> but that, that, hey, that, that Falcons team, you know, we, we were talking earlier about how they beat the 49ers, right? This is a team yeah. that, yeah, that yeah. despite the difficult season, yeah, they've yeah. got the potential to be back in this game next year. We're looking around for the teams that could surprise us. Yeah, yeah. Hey, they, they went to Santa Clara, and they went toe-to-toe with the best team in the NFC, and they beat them. Beat and the I Saints, think that's still, a huge yeah. piece to build it onto for the next year. Well, if – you know, it has to be the right recipe as well, right? I, I think it's similar to what San Francisco does. We ran the football well against San Francisco, well right. against the Saints. Right. We established the run early, just got some confidence, and now we're able to do the play-action pass and those things, things that Matt is really good at. Uh, I just think it, gives us a, it gave us a balance. So now if you take that recipe and try to imply that, you know, for 16 games, try to establish the run early on, Play action pass. I think we have opportunity because our defense—they're going to make plays. They are it's some it's, talented it's, guys. Talented guys. Yeah. So I think we're going to be okay. Who do you identify with? You know, because you had a great—you know—Tampa and Atlanta. It was a great run, kind of a both places, probably a little equal. I, you just said we, so I—I I, I guess you're a minority stake. I, that was a I mean, yeah, question. I mean, yeah. that's, he doesn't yeah. own a piece yeah. of the Buccaneers. He yeah. owns a piece of the Falcons. Well, <laughs> listen, I root for the Bucks. You know, when they're not playing against the Falcons, right? So if the Bucks were here, I'll root for the Bucks. Right, but, right. You know, I, I love both cities, uh, both organizations, really good organizations. You know, unfortunately, my interest is yeah. in the Falcons, so I got—I definitely got to root. For them. And you'll always be linked to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, that resurgence after 20 years of the team just yeah. lost in the yeah. wilderness, your arrival with other players, it just changed overnight. I can't remember a more dramatic change in the perception of a franchise from the way the Buccaneers were for two decades. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're a serious team with Tony Dungy there as the head coach. Right. We, we, we've been gathering some stories about Coach Dungy because we work with him, yeah, yeah. and we, we like to hear a little bit more about how he really is. <laughs> Reggie Wayne told us he almost cursed one day in practice in Indianapolis. Well, well, give us your yeah, best he, Coach Dungy he, story. He almost, he almost said a cuss word in Tampa as well. <laughs> I we, like we, it. We were just, you know, we weren't practicing well one day, and I think he just had enough of it. Right. And you never hear him get loud. He never screams. And he's always in the, uh, has a calm demeanor. And Coach, you know, was a little frustrated. And he just, you know, and we we knew that, oh, my gosh. I mean, he yells, we, we have a problem. Right. We need to straighten things up. And I just think, uh, you know, he commands attention. He commands respect. Yes. And he demanded a lot of us uh, as men, not just football players. Because, yeah. you know, he was thinking about things away from the field and not just on the field. So when you can gain you know, players respect like that. I mean, they're going to go out and play hard for you. And we yeah. Did. yeah, he's one of those guys that you want to go play hard for because you're like, this guy's so awesome. He's so in my corner. He's doing everything well, right. He, he, has, he has your he back. He has your back. He yeah, does. Yeah. I feel like he's got my back even now at NBC. I mean, it's, that's the best part about him. Yeah. Um, do you feel like as a player, because you're ahead of your time, yeah, yeah. Like, are you a little jealous that you're not playing, like, in this era right now? Man, listen, don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so you are. It's a, it's a different it's a different game. It's a different game. Right? I know they don't practice as much as we did. Right. You know, training camp is uh, not as intense. But 
yeah, just the way the game is. Much more of a passing game. Right. You know, use a lot of running backs. Uh, I, you know, to have opportunity to play in this era in space, I can only imagine. You know, if I could been right, if as effective as I was when I played when. You know, I had to prove that I could run the ball every down. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I... You so, would kill it in this era. You were the, you're really so? the first of these guys. Yeah, you yeah. are. You were, you're yeah. that guy where it's like, oh, it's third down. We can put him in a slot receiver. Oh, it's first and second down. We can run him between the tackles. I yeah. mean, you could do everything. Yeah, well, you know, I look at that, but I also look at they don't tackle as well when right. they play. Right. So, you know... I wasn't going to let guys tackle me when I played. Yeah, so, you yeah. know, just making guys miss. But so I, it would have been interesting to see how I fit in this era and what yeah. I could do. Yeah. Work Dunn joins us today on behalf of Truist Bank. Work, tell us more about Truist Bank. Yes, sir. I'm here with Truist. This is the second year that I've partnered with Truist. Uh, we have the Confidence Classic that's happening this weekend. So they actually have two events uh, this weekend. Uh, they're having a celebrity uh, basketball game on Friday night and a celebrity flag football game on Saturday. So I will cool. be attending a celebrity football game. You gonna be playing? No, I'm not gonna be playing, but I'm on Doug Flutie's team. So okay. it's Donovan McNabb. So I'm on Team Flutie. We're always the champions, right? That right. We're always gonna do that. But <laughs> Truist really want families to come out and have a fun and, and enjoy themselves. And this game is affordable for families. And if they want to know more about it, they can go to confidenceclassic.com. Put in the word SunTrust and get 50% off on their tickets. Uh, and all the proceeds from this event goes to a local charity. Right. And uh, Truist, their theme, we have a lot of similarities. And they really uh, want to inspire and build life. Right. Families' in lives in the here. community. Yeah, so right. uh, for me, there's a lot of synergy because we're all about impacting and changing and building healthier communities. Yeah. So it's a lot of synergy, and I'm just really excited to partner with them and, you know, see see what can happen. Hey, work in the last 30 seconds before we have to go. Give us your pick for the winning team oh on Sunday goodness. and your MVP. Uh can yeah. I tell you, I really don't care who wins. No, but you can say it, but we still want an answer. You don't care. Hey, welcome uh, well, to the media. You're in our world well, now. Well, I'm always, I'm a, I play in the NFC my entire career, so I usually root for the NFC yeah, team. Yeah, I hear so, you. Um, I wouldn't be... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Kittles... MVP. Yeah. Yep. yeah I mean, because he, he, you know, He's he impacts them on blocking right. and also down the field. I mean, he does a lot after the he catch. He does. So. And the attitude, too. That yeah. attitude infects the entire team. Yeah, it Gets does. them it does. ready to go. It yeah. does. All right, Work, great seeing you. Yes, sir. Great work that you've done throughout Thank the course you. of your career and afterward. Good luck to the Falcons. We'll be back with Saints work coach done, Sean baby. Payton right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.